And a happy Tuesday to you, Limeland. Welcome inside the Basement Doctor Studio for today's edition of Cookie and the Monster. Thank you for joining us, whether you've got us on your radio at 93onthefan.com or you're using the free 93onthefan app. You are making time for us, and we appreciate it. I think we said it yesterday that it's pretty damn hot. Why wouldn't you be inside somewhere listening to us? Pretty hot. (laughs) Maybe ought to be inside somewhere listening to us, but I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I love this. Ugh. I do. Ugh. I love it. I will take it. Now, I did go out. I'll just I'll just pull the curtain back and, and demonstrate the level of hillbilly that exists within me. <laughs> so I, I have a large, very large sectional couch that has not been in use in my home for, I would, I would say, since October. But I, I can't exactly remember when we got the new one. And so it... We put it in the garage. My son thought he might use it for his apartment, and so then the apartment went on hold. Well, that's been a whole school year, and now we're into the summer. And you know, if you it live out, happen. if you live out in the country like I do, and in farm territory, and I live in what could charitably called a, a very old farmhouse, the, the the likelihood that something took up residence in that couch during the dead of winter, I would say, is relatively high. There was nothing yeah. there when we moved, so we burn it today. Took it out to the to the back south part, way down on low on the property, and and on a green patch of grass. <laughs> yeah, long, big high patch. Because my, my my father who owns the land is big on the whole nature, letting animals have their space and do their thing. And so we got you know like waist high grass from from like the edge of the big pond up to where the yard starts, and we pretended like West Virginia won the national football championship <laughs> today at my house. And we burn a couch. Do you have any accelerant on that or just... I, I just got one of those... Fired a, just fired a fabric. Caught a little fabric on fire, threw a couple twigs and branches in there with it. Uh, there she and, went. And up it went, and it was hot. But and, and it was. I mean, it was warm. And and then while that was going on, like my folks and my son were like, we're going to, hey, we're going to go get some lunch. I said, well, somebody should stay here in case this <laughs> thing gets a little sideways. Yep. So I did, and I went ahead and swept out my garage while I was doing it. And when I got done sweeping out my garage... I had sweat running from the top of my head to every nether region of my body. And, and for a brief second, I was like, man, it's hot. And then I literally thought to myself, I like this. It's kind of nice. I, I mean, I can take a shower. So I will take it. I will take it. I will take it for sure. Um, disappointing. Did not get to have a shootout today. Bluffton University shootout was canceled. The storms last night uh, means that the, the campus and much of Bluffton does not have, did not have power today and still does not. As we speak, so now how is that important for a shootout, John? Yeah, right. Who needs, right you right. mean to tell me they it's didn't not, have shootouts like was, before electricity? It's not like it was going to impact the air conditioning in Founders Hall and Berkey Gym. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> There's wasn't a hoop somewhere outside that you could play. Out? I am quite certain that us not having the shootout today, it, it, it will at least be my claim that that was a, a divine intervention that prevented a potential catastrophe. Oh, you're so, probably so not far off. I'll, I'll take it and go with it. Now, we're still planning to have one tomorrow if they get power back on, so we'll see. But I get to be here for the full show today. The good news is, for me, I get to be here for the full show, and you can decide whether it's good or bad news for you. Uh, the other part of news is I'm coming in here off of an NBA Finals game last night that I'm telling you what, I am so thankful for the number of resources that are available to me when an NBA Finals game is over and the number of people who who can speak intelligently about the game to help me process what I just saw because I came away from the game saying something that I heard a very smart person say today when it was described as this has been a very weird NBA postseason, so you should not call it weird. I mean, it's just the postseason this year. That was a weird game, my man. That was a weird game. Tell me, tell me how many people would have said to you Steph is going to go 7 for 22 
not make a three. Jason Tatum is going to shoot 50% from the floor, four for nine from the three. I think the Celtics are going to lose by double digits. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I just thought there's no one that would have said that. No. What, maybe, this is, maybe this is more detailed or more difficult than, than I think it is. And if it is, please, please set me straight. How is it that game after game after game, the idea that if the Boston Celtics cannot throw the ball to the wrong team, they will be very successful is continuing to be the downfall of the Boston Celtics. How is it that the idea of, hey, if you don't do that, there's a great chance you win, and then they're I, and then they're on the floor going, well, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I, I, I don't, like, for a very long time, I used to tell, like I used to say, a lot of my, st- my favorite stories about being in high school were, my mom said, don't do that, so there I was doing that. Yeah, that's what it feels like with the Boston Celtics. I don't know if they're if they're being coached to continue to turn the ball over, but when every like pundit, every analyst says, if they just stop turning the ball over, they'd be all right, and then they're like, I feel like turning the ball over. I don't get it. Well, I don't get it either. And I think I heard a guy say today, the Boston Celtics have gone from puzzling to, in his estimation, hilarious. Because if you don't laugh at this. There's nothing left but absolute exasperation with this basketball team. Because you have to, on some level, give credit to the opposing team defensively when they do some things. But you, on on some level, have to say that being accounted for, it's still the two best players and the three most important perimeter guys on this team that continue to rack up large turnover numbers in games that they lose. Now, there were lots of things going into play last night that were in Boston's favor. They, they don't lose two in a row, have it in the entire postseason. When Marcus Smart scores, uh, I think it's 18 points or more, they win. Again, didn't. Uh, they, they have lots of Jason Tatum shooting numbers, but it really has come down to, for Jason Tatum, he has to have seven or more assists, and he generally has to have four or fewer turnovers. And for the Celtics, we've said it for weeks now. When we didn't make it up, we got it from somebody. The number is 16. When they get to 16 turnovers or more, they lose. In fact, I think they have lost all but one game in this entire postseason when that has happened. When they are 15 turnovers or fewer, they win. Again, I think that has happened twice, I think. They may have lost when they did that in the entire postseason. And it continues to be the thing that bites them. And it continues to be... Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Maka Smart, who do the things that they're not supposed to do. And so it is very simple to look at that and say that. But going into last night, again, we can talk about other things that you could have told me, and I would have said they can probably do that and weather the turnover storm. They can probably do that and weather... And Jason Tatum having a big scoring night was one of those things. But I'm just... I guess I'm a little exasperated now by the notion that we watch a guy, and it's not a one-year phenomenon, Garrett, it's a 20-year phenomenon, and I think for whatever reason the television and radio people have decided that you have to do it because everybody else is doing it so you don't want to be you know, missing the boat. But this idea that we have to name a series winner after every game, and now we get to name an MVP. A series MVP oh. after every single game. The number of people who I heard say, and I was one of them, so I won't be going the other way like many have, but the number of people who said after game four, 
all of you Steph Curry haters, sit down and shut up. Those same people would have spent today saying, see, this is what makes Steph (laughs) Curry not so great. This is why you have to have questions about Steph Curry. You can't get told to shut up and sit down and two days later get told to have all these doubts about Steph Curry because he's now suddenly doesn't belong anywhere. It's a two-game sample in a four-day period of time. We were looking it up off air. Steph Curry has 25 career playoff games of 34 points or more. He also has 25 career playoff games where he, in which he has shot 50, less than 50% from the floor. I, do we, it can why are, be both. Why, can... why are we trying to make determinations about guys on the basis of a game that we just watched as if... It, it, now you know what everybody's saying. Well, well hey, is, Wiggins has got to be an MVP candidate, right? Which, well, was he before last night? Before last night, it was Steph Curry should be the MVP, even if they lose. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and because of last night now, Steph Curry won't be the MVP. Although, many, many people said that Jimmy Butler should have been the MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals. And he had a three-game stretch where he averaged nine points. A three-game stretch in a seven-game series. And people legitimately wanted him to be voted the MVP of the series because a really good game won and a really good game seven. And his team lost. And he's... I, I'm like, hey, Andrew Wiggins, hats off, my man. This is phenomenal. I love watching it. I can't get enough of what you're doing. But if we but, if we needed to sit down and shut up on our Steph Curry criticism after Game Four, I I don't think we suddenly get to say that now Wiggins is the MVP because of Game Five. And because by the way, there's a Game Six and a Game Seven probably. Is there a Game Seven? I think so. That, well, that's me rooting with my heart. But uh, yeah, I do. I think so. I, I do. I, I I refuse to believe that Boston don't doesn't have the will to go home and find a way to win one. I just, the the idea that your criticism of Steph Curry earlier in the series is invalid because he had a bad game is it's horse manure to me. Like I I, I vividly remember. Uh, well, I guess I don't because I think it was Jalen Marshall for Ohio State had just a, tr- a horrendous game one time. And the next week had like three touchdown catches and a kick return for a touchdown. And people were like, oh, see all you people who thought Jalen Marshall was trash. Like, no, no, no. He still sucked against Indiana. He yeah. was st- he yeah. was still terrible. He <laughs> yeah. still dropped three touchdown passes. That doesn't negate the fact. If Steph Curry being great in game four, being terrific, maybe the best we've ever seen him in game four, doesn't take away from the fact that he wasn't great at times. Right before that, and, and 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 why is it that people who do what we do for their actual living, instead of part of their living, or you know just to pass time because they enjoy it, why is it that they have to do that about what Steph Curry did? What would be wrong with saying, "Hey, he was seven for twenty-two from the floor," but did you see him like go to his Greg Maddox game? Like, I don't have my A stuff today, right, so. and I'm still going to find a way to get eight assists with one turnover. I'm going to go seven of 13 from inside the arc on some of the most difficult finishes you've ever seen. And I'm going to be a part of the reason that we won, despite having my C- minus game today. Why is that not good? Because it's still fun to bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find a reason to complain about something. I just had to get some of that off my chest. We could do. I could have done a, a segment on the Celtics, a segment on the Warriors, a segment on Game Five, and a segment on the media and their approach to it. We could have killed the whole show just talking finals. So be glad that preview I preview Game Six. Be, yeah, and be glad that I didn't make the show sheet today because that might have been what we did. Well, we got we got time. We're gonna take a Don Jenkins do our timeout, come back and get to our Vons, Diamonds and Jewelry Twitter poll questions, and we got a lot of football conversation today. There's some actual Baker Mayfield news I think mm-hmm. today, so we're looking forward to that. We hope you'll stick with us. 
Cookie and the Monster right here on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Welcome back inside the Basement Doctor Studio. Cookie and the Monster with you on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. And Garrett, we got to get to those poll questions. Yeah, they're brought to you by Vons Diamonds and Jewelry, where Lima celebrates love online at VonsJewelry.com. We've got two questions today. The first question is, can either Deshaun Watson or his accusers say anything to change your mind at this point? That's got to be a hearty no, doesn't it? 74% say no. I would think so. Unless, yeah, the, the only thing that would change my mind is uh, now 20, I think, six women saying, ah, we were lying. Or, yeah, yeah, I did all that stuff. Those are about the only things that change anybody's mind, I feel. I, I would think that, the, I mean, you'd have to have an absolute admission to the to the things that, who whatever your opinion is, you believe very strongly in one side or the other. You'd have to have that side say, nope, I'm, I, I, nope. Not true. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, that's anything short been, of that. I've been lying. Yeah, any, yeah, anything short of that. I, I don't know that anybody's moving from their stance at this point. I'm, I'm a little actually surprised it's only 74%. I figured it would be a little higher as well. Uh, we're also asking, do you believe in the Sports Illustrated cover jinx? 57% say no. Jay on Twitter says, I believe in the Madden curse, but I do not believe in the Sports Illustrated cover jinx. I, boy, I... <laughs> Okay, I need some. I need some data. Why don't you? Fifty-seven percent say no. They do not believe. And you I, know why fifty-seven percent say no? Because magazines are trash now. They, nobody. I mean, no, nobody. Nobody. Nobody, nobody seen a sport, nobody's seen a Sports, a sports Illustrated, Illustrated cover in four and a half years at Outside least. Of the swimsuit edition. And, and, and they get that online. So right. I, well, you can get. But you can get uh, plenty of that online. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I think there, there's a, there's a, there are older dudes in the office who will tell like you don't know how good you had it. You just type in anything you want in that computer. We had uh, we had scrambled cable. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we, had a, we, had, we had to watch my. <laughs> <laughs> Like, raise your head up, blow your head we, down. Raise your head up, blow your head down. <laughs> we had to use our imaginations. You kids these days got 4K. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. As a general rule, I'm not, I'm not a believer in jinxes. However. Or curses. How do you feel about curses? I love to curse from time to time if it's necessary <laughs> and warranted. Um, no, I, I jinxes, again, as a general rule, I would say, you know, because the, the old expression is I'm, I'm not superstitious, I'm a little stitious. Yeah. I, I don't believe in jinxes. However, they do give me a nice, easy way to pass off what happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when the guy, on the, when the, guy on the cover goes in the crapper and hits 116 for the next four weeks, I, I don't have to look far and wide for a reason. I just say, well, yeah, I guess that jinx got him this time. Even though I don't technically believe in it. <laughs> Even though I don't believe in it. It's a natural reason. It's, Certainly it you know, is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think so. I, I, I generally believe in the Madden curse. Is it? Hey, it, it hadn't really gone well for those dudes. There are a lot of nerds in this world, and I would probably qualify as one of them, although I won't, I won't voluntarily participate in my own suggested activity here, that you could get really good numbers to support, to support the, the Madden, Madden curse. curse. And... Again, once upon a time, I think the Sports Illustrated Jinx cover Jinx was probably a very, very similar statistical thing. Um, Is that one of those things that just if you, if just people believe that it's happening, like you're destined for it, like maybe like the baseball player doesn't self-fulfilling be- prophecy yeah, type that, stuff. Yeah, that you don't believe in it, but the, there you are hitting 158. <laughs> Got to be an element of that. Got to be an element of that. I is there somebody who was 
supposedly bitten by the the SI cover jinx recently here. That that's uh, so Joe Joe Burrow is going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated's NFL preview this year. Is the is the reason for the the question? Oh, okay, okay. So do you like if Joe Burrow takes a step backwards? Is it just really easy yeah. to explain? Of yep, 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 that cover got him. Here's here's a better question, because I believe this is gonna when Joe Burrow just absolutely kills it. Does the SI cover jinx completely get put to bed? Because I think he's gonna absolutely kill it. I think he's gonna be in the MVP conversation all year, and he might win it. Um, could Joe Burrow kill Sports Illustrated. Like, will Sports Illustrated die before we find out whether the cover jinx, <laughs> the cover jinx is, is killed or not? Now there's a Joe Burrow jinx. The <laughs> <laughs> Joe Burrow is the magazine boogeyman. Uh, I I don't know. I uh, I would I would lean. I b- I believe in Joe Burrow. At this point, who doesn't? I, I don't know how you couldn't. Now everybody else wearing black and orange, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know how much faith or trust I would have in them, but I, I believe... You're such a fan of Zach Taylor, I know that. <laughs> John, their offensive line is good enough to give him a Super Bowl. Was good enough to give him a Super Bowl. Jeez, I'm crying. Ma- I ma- imagine that they're still going to continue to try to find ways to tweak that thing and make it just a hair oh my better. God. <laughs> Our offensive line was good enough that our quarterback was running for his life in the Super Bowl. All right? Why would we change anything? Really? Really? That's the angle you're going to take. Okay. I, I, I like when, when coaches take an opportunity that really doesn't quite present itself and, and use it to declare the ignorance of all media members. Because that wasn't the best moment to be that guy. He's had moments, and he'll have more when he could do that. But he used that moment to be that guy and, and to try to point out the stupidity of all media members yeah. by standing on a hill that he... No, I'm sorry. Zach, our you can't our let that offensive one line was good enough to get us to the Super Bowl as the football version of, is she hot? She's got a great personality. <laughs> she can cook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she cute. Right. I didn't ask she's cute. Is she hot? Man, she makes some of the best chili you ever had. You're, you're not answering hot my enough. question. She was hot enough at two thirty a.m. right <laughs> after last call. Oh my gosh, that's that's the that's the our, our offensive line was good enough to get, get us, us to the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. All right, we got until five forty-five at nine three one. The fan on Twitter. You can vote on those poll questions. Until then, we'll give you an update at the top of hour number two. We're going to get to our next Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. When we come back, according to Garrett and according to the show sheet, there is some legitimate, actual <laughs> Baker Mayfield news. I can't wait to hear it. Join us for that on the other side of this on Lima Sports Radio ninety three one. The fan. And welcome back inside the basement, Doctor Studio. John Cook and Garrett C. Right with you here on Cookie and the Monster. Those heat indexes are down to one hundred seven for tomorrow. Garrett's cold front coming through. <laughs> Index down to 107. Somebody, somebody, blow on the, <laughs> on the thermometer. <laughs> oh, hey, look at that, cooling off. 107. Heat index. Just what we always wanted. Uh, I hope we get to have a shootout tomorrow. But I got to be honest with you, I, I, I would not want any child. Not, not want. I would feel legitimate sympathy for a child who, who, who plays full court basketball in Berkey Gym and Founders Hall. With heat indexes of 107. I do like the idea of lows in the upper 70s, though. I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, Keep in mind that I walk into a studio every day where we talk about 70. It's 80.2 in here right now. This is exactly what it is at my house. My living room was 80.2 degrees when I left. So I'm, I'm okay. I guess I'm just okay with the heat. I sat in a meeting in the downstairs portion of our building this morning, and someone said, can we turn the heat up? To which I said, if it gets one degree hotter in here, I'm going to kick your tail. 
said, the studio upstairs is at 80 degrees regularly. And they went, well, that ain't right. Have you messed with the thermostat? And I said, I'm not a father, so I don't really understand how thermostats work. <laughs> Every time I touch one, I assume my dad just wakes up in a cold sweat. Like, Puts somebody, it the other way. Somebody, somebody touch a damn thermostat. You paying the bills? Oh, I, I, I can't do anything about mine. I, it, just, <laughs> it, it, it says it 80, is. and that's what it's going to say till it's not 80 in there anymore. We're going to be uncomfortable, and you're going to feel it. But I, I, honestly, it's like I don't know if it's just because we've been there so long. Like I'm not that uncomfortable. The ceiling fan's going. I'm not that uncomfortable. I, I really have started to embrace the notion of how just absolutely silly it is to have a window unit air conditioner at the other end of the house. Right, and I go to my desk, and it's like, ooh, it's chilly ooh, in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you bring me a, a hoodie? No. My, my daughters want to sit on my lap while I'm working at my desk all the time, and they're like, "We need a blanket, Daddy." <laughs> no, go in the other room. I'll do this in here. You yeah. go in where it's eighty. Right. You go where you don't need a blanket. <laughs> I don't mind it. It's not too bad. So we got Baker Mayfield news, and I honestly did not know. I've been wondering. I spent the morning doing a lot of things that I really would have rather not doing been doing. But I did say to myself at one point this morning. We want, we've asked openly on the airwaves to have some actual news to report. It looks so we may have something. The Cleveland Browns and the Carolina Panthers are still talking about a deal for Baker Mayfield, which I find somewhat interesting. They've got Sam Darnold, and they, they, they want the Browns to still pick up, quote, they're, they're, they are where they were before the NFL draft, basically. So going on two months. So uh, two months ago, the legitimate news is that they continue to talk. Yes, that the, 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 the while basically it, it came out, hey, they drafted Matt Corral, that deal's dead, and now it's like, well, maybe not. So just so because we have a, a very conversational style to how we do this show, most often I, I'm just going to throw it out there because I really don't know what I think the answer is yet. So I'll get your opinion. Who's more bothered by where they are in this process right now, Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield? Great question. I think it is, and I honestly don't know that I have a really good answer. I feel like, I think the easy answer is if you're Sam Darnold, you, you got to be pretty well pissed. See, uh, I, I would lean towards Sam Darnold because there's not any... I think Baker Mayfield can fool himself, as he's done before, into thinking it's everybody else's fault but his. The only reason I'm not a, on a contract is because, or I'm not on another team is because, insert reason here, insert excuse here, where Sam Donald's just going, bro, what do I got to do to make you think that I'm any good? But, but with Mayfield's ego, there has to be a part of Mayfield that at this point, as that's being reported, and it's, he's got to be saying to himself, these conversations started before the draft, and we're still in the same spot even after you drafted Matt Corral, so... If, if, if really all you're interested in is getting me on the cheap so that I can come in and try to compete with those two dudes, that's got to that's hurt his ego pretty good. I would think. I would think you could also just blame the, well, the Browns front office just incompetent. You know, I, I, sh- I should have been dealt already to Seattle or insert team here, but because they don't know what they're doing. They're still hanging on to me. I got to think there's a part of Baker Mayfield, though, that's looking at this thing saying, man, it's just nobody really, really wants me. <laughs> I mean, if they can get me on the cheap to come in and compete for a job, they, they would take that as long as the Browns pay as much as they can to get this thing. Like, I, no one really wants me to be their starting quarterback and is willing to pay me to be that. Right. 
And they're willing for the Browns to pay me to go to their place and compete for a job. And no offense, I, 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 there are certain guys who, when they come in the league, have an upside, and their circumstances make that upside, I think, a moot point. David Klingler was one of those guys. Because David, he was David in, Carr. Is David one of those Carr, guys. one of the because you get your brains beat out, or you are in a in an organization that just can't get out of its own way, or you had Jason Campbell had eighteen coordinators in his first five seasons in the NFL. That's, that's slight exaggeration. I think Sam Darnold has jumped onto the list of guys who may have had huge upside. I think the ship has sailed, and I don't think bringing Baker Mayfield in to compete is all of a sudden going to allow Sam Darnold to find a gear that we all thought he had at the beginning. I think yeah. we all kind of thought maybe the gear we expected that he had probably wasn't there. Right. And I'm not it, Mel Kuyper. I'm just telling you what I think. <laughs> no, it, it became evident pretty quick, I think, to people. that was like, oh, you're, you, you might not be the best quarterback in this class. <laughs> and there were lots of pundits that were like, what are the Browns, and justifiably so now in retrospect, what are the Browns doing drafting Baker Mayfield when they could have had? Insert quarterback here. However, but it's not much better with Sam Darnold. However, I will say this for Baker Mayfield. He's got a little less tread on the tires than Sam Darnold in the negative category. He basically has had one disappointing season that we have to acknowledge is possibly almost fully attributable to injury. It's possible. Yes. And we have to acknowledge that prior to that injury-riddled season... There was a ton of optimism across the league and within the Browns organization. So for whomever Baker Mayfield might be a candidate to be a starting quarterback, there's got to be at least the realization that there's a chance this guy really is good. Now, I've heard a lot of smart NFL people say, look, we've got enough evidence, and he is just an average to above average quarterback. That's who he is. But we've also got some evidence that would indicate possibly in the right circumstance, with health and with the right people around him, Baker Mayfield might be a really good top. I mean, do you remember the top ten yeah, quarterback no. conversation? So, it wasn't that long ago. I, I, I was sitting here saying, it, but are do you get intoxicated by the flashes? Like, do you get do you do you look? I past do if they're the right flashes. <laughs> <laughs> if you look past all of the all of the, damn it! Sorry, right, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm like it's like an I'm an eleven I'm an eleven year old in here, John. Okay, like I can't. You have no idea what I'm doing in here to, to lines of make, remain focused. That's my bad, dude. I'm uh, sorry. Um, I, you see the flashes of Baker Mayfield being truly great, and then you're like, yeah, that's what he can be, and it makes you mad that that's not what he constantly is. But then there's the the long stretches of lulls. Where you go, well, remember when? Like, eventually, remember when isn't good enough. Remember well, when? Yeah, is- he, he's not there yet, but, but one more year gets him there. Sam Darnold's there already, in my estimation. Sam Darnold I don't is think al- that's ridiculous. I, I think you're, you're, like, he is what he is, and there's no coming back from that at, at the end of the day. And, I, and I'm going to hold out hope, not because I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. In, in fact, I'm not. I just think it makes the conversation really interesting for a calendar year from right now. If Baker Mayfield goes and, and goes somewhere and earns a starting job and his 2022 looks like his 2020, it's going to be exciting conversation to, to be had. Because we don't know that Deshaun Watson gets a 2022. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield could conceivably have a 2022 that looked like his 2020, and all of the people, and I'm thinking of one guy that hosts a Saturday show on here from 10 to noon, who would just be going berserk if things play out that way. 
is there any by many accounts this is the, the only deal that the Browns have on the table still don't understand why New Orleans isn't getting in the hunt here that's just personal thing for me well okay so I talked about this last week uh, just a little bit on either Thursday or Friday have we been looking at it wrong that Baker Mayfield his best destination is not where he can play in 2022 but in 2023 that if you're going into the season, like on June 14th, I would like to think there are 32 teams that are, we're going into the season with that this is our plan at quarterback. That there's not really, nobody's going, uh, okay, it's flag day, scrap it, and we're going, we're going Baker Mayfield. <laughs> like, that, that just, it's not realistic. But, no, it's not. Could he go to Detroit, sit under Jared Goff for a year, and become the, the starter in Detroit in 2023. And then the Browns really would be paying the lion's share. Ah, give me a but um <laughs> We got a but um bum on here. No, no we don't. But that, that, was, that, was worth, to, uh, that was worth it. That was, that was almost professional level work. That right was there. pretty good. But, like, basically, you pull the Jameis Winston. You pull the, okay, I'm leaving my destination. I'm going to be the backup here this year. Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starter in Pittsburgh after, you know, taking a, a backup role. Marcus Mariota is going to be the starter in Atlanta after taking a backup role. Do you say the best case scenario for Baker Mayfield going, okay, who is like, are the Vikings going to want me or Kirk Cousins in 2023? Okay, let's go to, let's go be Kirk Cousins backup for a year. And then when I'm going to cost $43 million a year less than him, <laughs> they're, they're going to want me. Yeah. Is that best case scenario of not where you can play in 2022, but where you can play in 2023? I think it's a terrific perspective to have. I, I think there is as close to 0% chance that Baker Mayfield will even allow himself to think that way Fair. as you can get. But I do think it's a, a pretty legitimate approach, particularly when you consider that because of last year being what it was, there is there is the chance for upside. And I think a year as a backup may even clear his head more may even get him primed more, save some wear and tear on his body coming off a year where he was so beat up and still maybe get some reps and get you know behind. I, I think that would be a great way for him to approach it. I, I just don't see him being willing to do that. Uh, he may not be left with a choice. Right, and that's the, like, does somebody need to impress upon him, hey, you're, you're not looking for your best opportunity for 2022. You're looking for your best opportunity in 2023. That, that that is your best case scenario at this point. I wish I knew a little bit about his inner circle to try and determine if there's anybody in that inner circle that might have that type of, I don't know, playing a little bit of long ball, so to speak. Right. And that's not super long ball. That's, that's right. just re- reasonable. I mean, because even if you go in somewhere to be a backup in 2022, there, there's a chance you end up playing. Yeah. There's, because certainly. injuries happen and those things happen. But, but if you do that with the mindset of, I'm going to use this year to get really ready for 2023 to be able to name my spot or, 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 or claim my spot as, as the number one guy here, maybe, that, maybe, maybe Carolina's the place. Because even if he goes in there in a quote-unquote quarterback competition, I don't know. I, that, that's a, he and Sam Darnold right now is as close to a toss-up as you can get, isn't it? I think so. The, the flip side of focusing on 2022 rather than 2023 is Browns open the season with the Carolina Panthers. I can't. I can't wait. Can, can, oh. I know that there are those who are, you know, you can't trade so-and-so within the division. You're too young to remember when, when 
was it Dave Burba, I think, was the Reds' opening day starter, and he got shipped to Cleveland like like the week before opening day. Uh, yeah. I've... <laughs> if they waited and waited, like we're like we're through camp, <laughs> like, through the end of, of and, spring and, oh, training. Oh, we've got and... we've got we've got breaking news. Here comes the ticker. And the Browns are going to face Baker Mayfield this time. I don't think you can like avoid trading him simply because you're going to open the season against the Carolina Panthers. But that's worst case scenario, right? You trade him, like, and the Panthers want to make a trade either now or relatively soon because they want Baker Mayfield in for mandatory minicamp yeah. before training camp just to give him extra time. But is worst case scenario for the Browns, Deshaun Watson is suspended for the 2022 season and they lose the season opener to Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. I got to be honest with you. I, I To a lot of fans, that's worst case scenario. The Browns need that to be worst case scenario because I got a feeling it could be a whole lot worse. I, I got a feeling it could be a lot worse than that, and that needs to be the absolute bottom that the Browns can reach. I don't think you're far off. I, I I would love to be wrong. I just don't. I don't think I am. No, I I think we're inching closer to paid leave, and <laughs> I'll let you know rather than definitive yeah. suspension. I I, I I think you're spot on, and it, and it, it, whatever it does, it'll continue to give us content. And it, we look forward to yes, that. Sir. We are going to take another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. We come back. We're going to revisit the NBA Finals just very quickly before we get to the uh, top of the hour here. We hope you'll stick with us. Come back after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. 419-227-9393-188-94 ESPN. That's 888-894-3776 are the numbers to dial if you want to be a part of the program. Thursday night, I believe it is a 9 o'clock start Thursday night for NBA Finals Game 6. Mm-hmm. We're back in Boston. TD Godden. The God. Okay, can I can I ask you something? Yes. This, this bothers me. Yes. So, uh, Kevin Winter hosts the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. And every time they come back from commercial break, he'll you know give some sort of nugget and then say, "Let's send it back to the garden." No, 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 no. You're sending it back to the Boston Garden. Actually, the, the TD Garden. <laughs> the the garden. The garden is Madison Square Garden, correct? The it, garden. It, it, it is. Is it is is in New York. I, I I totally agree with you there. It kind of sticks in my crawl every time. He's always like, but, "Oh, let's send it back to the garden." Why? Yeah, yeah I think <laughs> that Celtics place is empty. Warriors playing. <laughs> They may be in their draft war room already trying to get something <laughs> trying sorted to out. out. How they're going to screw it up now? But it is Thursday night. I I have grown to be a guy who, while I talk on the radio for part of my day, and I like it, and I've made no bones about it. Look, I am wrong as often as I'm right about a lot of things sports related, and I got very comfortable with that long ago. So when I come off as a snob, please understand I'm not trying to be right or wrong. I'm trying to tell you that I am bothered by the notion that sports radio is about declaring declaring something definitive about a series, about a team, or about a player after every single game. Why can't we say, and I think very comfortably, that the NBA Finals MVP is going to be decided based on what happens Thursday and or Sunday? Because I, Steph doesn't have a Finals MVP, right? But that's, but that's the only reason. You know what's going to happen if he gets it, though, Garrett? Somebody is going to say, "Well, they predetermined right. before <laughs> it ever started that he needed to win the Finals MVP, so they they were going to give it to him from the start." Yeah, yeah. and and that I'm going to get sick me. to my stomach because 
those of you who think he shouldn't get it because of what he did last night don't understand basketball very well. Those of you who think that he ought to get it because, well, it's the only thing left in his career and it's just a, a, like a, it's, it's a, uh, that's, that, shouldn't be, that shouldn't be that way. But here's, here's what I can tell you. If the Celtics manage to win two in a row and win the series, Jason Tatum's probably going to get the MVP. Yeah. And you know what's going to be true? Robert Williams is going to have been the most important player on their team for yeah. the entirety of the series. End of discussion. I was going to say almost unquestionably. He's plus 42. I know. Listen, plus minus is a very, very overused stat, and there are plenty of reasons why it's not great. But he is he may be a plus 48 in the series when he's on the floor, which isn't a lot because he's not very healthy. But. 108 minutes, I believe, he's played. And, and he's a plus 48. <laughs> That's a number. That's awfully important to your team. He'll never get a vote. Never get a vote. No. Not one. Kevon Looney? It's like plus 42. <laughs> and Jason Tatum's got 42 turnovers in, in yeah. five games. I, so the MVP is going to be, I think we know this right now, the MVP of the NBA Finals is going to be Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins. I don't kidding. Wiggins has to have spectacular six or seven. To well, win, that's what right? I mean. He can still win right. it based on what he does yeah, in six and seven. He's not out of the running, right. but he's got to have a, a pretty darn good game six. I mean, Andre Iguodala got the NBA Finals MVP once because he had a really good game seven and played good defense, and Steph Curry had a bad game seven. Yes. A bad, bad, bad. He yes. threw his mouthpiece at a guy. <laughs> game seven. And so that's very conceivably possible. I, I just. I. It, it, it's mind-boggling to me the way that we make the argument about the MVP when I, I would go so far as to say that if you took Jason Tatum off the floor and Robert Williams could play 42 minutes, I don't know that the Celtics would be much worse off. Well, I, when, you, when you mentioned those four names, these are the four guys who have a chance to win the NBA Finals. Was that true before Game 1? Wiggins wasn't in the discussion before Game 1. Was, I don't think was, was Draymond probably maybe in in for for Wiggins or Clay Thompson was in for Wiggins. <laughs> I, I don't. I think Curry was the only Golden State name that if they're going before to win, the, if they going. win, he's going to win the MVP because the the, the the general assumption was nobody else is healthy enough and playing well enough, meaning Draymond Green right. and Clay, Clay Thompson, Thompson aren't playing well enough to be in the discussion. We underestimated and have really for the entirety of his time in Golden State what Wiggins is capable of. But the other thing that's also true is that the gravity of Steph Curry is part of that. I mean, when, when Andrew Wiggins turns a corner and gets to the rim the way he did two or three times last night, one of the reasons he's doing that is because they are not leaving Steph Curry at all. <laughs> they are in his jersey with him. That's a pretty big lane to drive through when they will not help under any circumstance. And, and so, I don't know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm a huge Robert Williams fan. He's a guy that I thought if he was all the way healthy, the Celtics could win the series. I did pick Golden State in seven because... Well, largely because the experience, I thought, was the most important factor. And it's turned out to me, if you watch it, championship experience, championship medal, and inexperience and a little bit of being overwhelmed in big spots, I think have been huge factors in this series. No one's also talked about last night the fact that the Boston Celtics were 21 of 31 from the free throw line. If you fix that one right there, we might not think the turnovers were so damned important. <laughs> At least for a night. That's, that's, that's just my take on that one. And for, and for those Celtic fans out there who are screaming about the officials, get over yourselves. 
Tony Brothers sucks. He's not a very good official, never has been, but the league thinks he's good because they keep putting him in the finals. So one one of us is wrong, them or us. They get to decide he's pretty decent, he's there. He misses some calls just like every NBA official, and the bottom line is 18 turnovers and 21 of 31 at the free throw line was a lot more important than Tony Brothers and his missed calls. John Cook, Garrett Searight, we got to get to another Don Jiggy's Jeweler timeout. Join us on the other side of this on Lima Sports Radio, 93 on the fan. Hour number two straight ahead here on Cooking the Monster. Before we get to those Twitter poll questions, I do need to correct myself. I said Robert Williams was a plus 48. Actually, the Celtics are minus 42 when he's off the court. So Minus 42 when he's off the court. Again, an oversimplified stat to a degree, I'm sure. Guy's got no chance of getting a vote for MVP, and I think he's the most important player in the series for the Celtics. Just saying. Now, go to the poll questions. Got two of them up. 931 The Fan on Twitter that you can vote in until 545. They're brought to you by Vons Diamonds and Jewelry, where Lima celebrates love online at VonsJewelry.com. We're asking, can either Deshaun Watson or his accusers say anything to change your mind at this point? 73% say no. Let's come down a little. Just to, just a little bit. Uh, I, I, that's a conversation we can have later for sure. That's That's for sure. Our second Twitter poll question. Do you believe in the Sports Illustrated cover jinx? Joe Burrow going to be on the cover of NFL Preview for Sports Illustrated. 55% though still say no. I don't believe in the cover jinx. Joe Burrow was on the cover of Madden. I wonder if... Yeah, I, I just I just think there's a general lack of respect for the impact of Sports Illustrated now compared to 25 years ago. <laughs> Fair. That's what I think. And the only cover I cared about had Tyra Banks on it twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was no... Well, there was a jinx there, I guess, if you think about it. Have you seen Tyra lately? I, this is the dumbest sentence I'll say. When I was a freshman in college, uh, w- w- me and a bunch of friends had class until 10.30 in the morning, and we would race back to our dorm room so we could watch Tyra Banks' uh, talk show. Yes. Because I, that's was, not dumb. It was so horrendous. Yeah, it was awful, but... It was awful, but... It was good eye candy. It was doing okay. But <laughs> she, but of not, all the things we could be watching, you could flip on Sports Center, you could fire up your Xbox 360. No, no, no. Who's on Tyra today was a constant discussion. I, I, Who's going to be on Tyra today? I, I, despite the age difference, I have a similar story, and I have a college roommate out there who may or may not be listening. He does listen from time to time on the show. But I would run back to my dorm to do one of two things, either lay on the floor and talk on the phone with my twin brother in Bluffton about what was happening on Days of Our Lives, or see if there had been a new Janet Jackson video <laughs> released Ooh. on MTV. Yeah. Because every time there was one released, I was it, it just couldn't be better than the one before, and it always was, every time. Every single time. Yeah. <laughs> just the way it is. I saw, I, I saw somebody had... Oh, okay, so back in October, you had talked about a, a Pirates fan and an Atlanta fan. <laughs> in the dorm? Yeah. You Atlanta Braves. And there's, uh, there's a guy on Twitter. His name's Scott. Scott said, I lived in Park Hollow and you my second year. I may have witnessed a wrestling match between the Pirates fan and the Atlanta fan. Said, too, too funny. Haven't relived those days in a minute. Oh, oh they, they said Bream slid in ahead of the tag. And, and uh, he said, you Atlanta Brave bleeper bleeper. <laughs> And they went at it right in the hallway. I saw, I saw a tweet the other day that was like, I was looking at the Cooking the Monster hashtag, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I've never, I've never seen this tweet before." But I remember John getting red faced, laughing so hard about the Pirates fan and a Braves fan wrestling, and there's this guy saying like, "I witnessed, I witnessed that. I was there." That is a good share right there. We appreciate that a lot. Those are open again until 545 at 931. The fan Twitter, you can vote until 545. 
Some Marcus Freeman conversation. Look, I always the conversation, let me say this. It is challenging to be a guy who just, as a general rule, roots for former Buckeyes. I root for former Buckeyes. And I loved Marcus Freeman when he was a Buckeye. I loved Marcus Freeman when he was a Bearcat. I don't generally root for Notre Dame. I don't generally root against them. I just yeah, don't generally root them. for them. Uh, yeah, I nothing them pretty much. I was a huge fan when Lou Holtz and Tony Rice were there because Rice was a Prop 48 kid and he was a comeback story. And, and I like Lou Holtz. I might have been one of only 10 people that I know who really, really like Lou Holtz, and I did. But I don't have strong feelings. I, after opening day, I, I, I want to see Marcus Freeman do well. Mostly because I don't want anybody to say we never should have fired the guy that's at LSU. <laughs> I don't want people to wish for him well, back. Right, that's... I don't want that. That's fair. Could happen, but I don't want it. It, it I don't know that you can even say it appears as if uh, Marcus Freeman took a shot at Ohio State. I think Marcus Freeman. Did I say Marcus Smart? I don't, I don't know if I did. Marcus Freeman took a shot at Ohio State in a story. He's got to do that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, it, 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 he does have to. He has to do it. Uh, but. Um, in a CBS Sports article, he says, We don't do negative recruiting. I loved my time at Ohio State. But the reality is we believe that Notre Dame offers you something that nowhere else in the country can give you, and that's the opportunity to win a national championship, to be, de- to be developed, to be an NFL draft pick, and to join a network from this degree that you can earn from this place that will set you up for the rest of your life. You don't go to class at places like that. Okay, take some online classes, show up for your appointments. At Notre Dame, you're forced every day to go to class. <laughs> okay, ow. Owie, owie, owie. So that's not, a, that's not thinly veiled. That's not an apparent shot. That is a shot, correct? Yeah, yeah. well, he, here's the thing, though. So let's say it goes really well for Marcus Freeman. Year one, two, three, they're in the college football playoff. Maybe even they win a national title. I don't think that's going to happen but maybe they do and let's say you know nil being what it is and all this stuff being what it is ryan day says bump this i'm going to the nfl the chicago bears need a new head coach again (laughs) and i still like justin fields so i'm going Did, did marcus freeman just disqualify himself from ever being considered as a candidate at ohio state or did he do that when he took the notre dame job just taking the job. Does that do that? No. No, I don't think so. I don't think that disqualifies you. Um, Does this statement disqualify you? Be like running for president or accepting the vice presidency for a guy who got nominated for president when you spent the whole campaign just bashing the guy. Yeah, you're old Andrew Johnson. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Does, does winning, winning, if he comes to Notre Dame or comes to Ohio State after being super successful at Notre Dame, does everybody... Uh, take a sober pill and go, well, you know, he just had to say what he had to say. To, because for, because I don't know if you remember back to uh, November and December of or January of 2011 to November, December of 2011 when Urban Meyer was a crook and a, <laughs> just a hor- horrible human being. Yeah. Look at the trash that he's brought to Florida. <laughs> My goodness. Can you believe running a program like that? And then in December, it was like, holy cow, we're going to win we're some gonna get Ur- <laughs> We're getting Urban Meyer. I, I, I generally, in my mind, throw Ohio State football fans into one of two categories. The dyed-in-the-wool, see-nothing-but-scarlet-and-gray 
angry Buckeye fans who are mad at anybody that would dare ever question anything about Ohio State from mm-hmm. any perspective, and they're going to hate Marcus Freeman for the rest of their lives. There are also until, yeah, until. no, they're going to for the even if he comes here, they're going to say, "Well, I, I will find a way to tolerate you, and, and when you win a national title, I will embrace you, but only then." I think there are a maybe even a larger group of Ohio State football fans that I would say just oh, because of recent history, look at Notre Dame right now and say they really aren't on our level and we know what Marcus has to do to win over a fan base and rally support. So, nice try, little fella. <laughs> and we're not going to get too bothered by it because you're one of us, whether or not the people at Notre Dame want to really accept that you're one of us or not. You're, you're one of us. You're a Buckeye more than you're a fighting Irish guy and you got to go, you know, placate those people and 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 you know give it the old college kicks here in a few months because <laughs> I think Ohio State fans are in, in one of two groups there are, there are those who will be he will get booed by some people well so for instance Bobby Carpenter today tweeted I love I love Marcus Freeman but this OSA OSU shade has to stop he said I was a business econ major and went to class 15 years ago J.K. Dobbins was a business major and I would see him every Monday and Wednesday walking out of the business school after I taught my finance class one, Bobby Carpenter teaches a finance oh, class yeah, at Ohio yes. State. Yeah, you should hear him talk about it on the Morning Juice. Not I, that I don't listen to Keyshawn J. Wilton Max not, here on our airway. I'm not certain <laughs> that Bobby Carpenter has more more brain cells than this oscillating fan over here next to me. He has given some indication that he might not. But now that you've learned that he teaches a class, I don't, it either says more about Bobby Carpenter than you thought, or it does say about Ohio State's. Secondly, that might support Marcus like, Freeman's argument. Originally, while reading this tweet, I'm going like, okay, you were a business econ major and you tell poop jokes on the radio now in the morning <laughs> for a job. I, that's not the defense you think it is. But now, like, you teach a finance class? Uh, what? He does. What? But there are a lot of, you know, why does Marcus Smart, or what, damn it, Marcus Smart is, uh, <laughs> why does Marcus Freeman feel the, the need to just continue to crap on Ohio State? Because he's recruiting against them. That's, that's not, exactly right. It's not right. really all that difficult to figure out. That's, this, that's, this is a recruiting game. It is a battle. Now, the amount of like, he's going to learn a lesson in week one that you don't talk about to Buckeyes. Like, well, he was probably going to learn that lesson anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> was, I, I would like to think, though, in all seriousness, that Ohio State collectively, and that would be people like Bobby Carpenter, have an, would should have an ability to almost disregard the comment because now you've given it life and validated it and there's no such thing as negative press for Marcus Freeman in this regard. It'll actually add to the rally of support from the Notre Dame fan base and probably increase the effectiveness of what he was trying to do in the first place. If yeah. there was no response, I think you would have seen much less uh, impact from it. And and again, I'm I'm not rooting against Marcus Freeman. I, I'm I'll, As I've said, I tend to root for former Buckeyes. But I've got to believe there's going to be some back-channel communication from some people that he genuinely respects, like maybe Luke Fickle, that says, hey, you know, you, you can get to the college football playoff and you can do all the things you're trying to do without doing that because I'm not doing it. And I'm at Cincinnati. I need recruiting advantages that you already have in place at Notre Dame, and I'm not doing that. And the success is coming. So maybe rethink your approach. I don't know if that kind of conversation could come from a guy who was legitimately, while they were colleagues i still think fickle was a bit of a mentor yeah but I, selfishly i want marcus freeman to be marcus freeman and if you if you want to say that stuff i'm here for it because it 
I, I firmly sports is men's soap operas, man. <laughs> that it is. And when, when you can you can get backstory like that, it just makes Saturday, September third, that much juicier, and I'm here for it. All about it. We got to do another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. We'll come back just in time for football at 515 right here on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Back inside the basement doctor studio, time for football at 515. And Service Master Richard Service welcomes you to football at 515. Hard work, determination, and sportsmanship create opportunities to be your best. Like Bear Bryant said, it's not the will to win, but it's the will to prepare to win that makes a difference. And that's why it's Service Master. They don't cut corners. You clean them. One of our poll questions up at 931 Fan on Twitter, brought to you by Fonz Diamonds and Jewelry, is do you believe in the SI cover jinx? Joe Burrow's going to appear on the NFL preview version for Sports Illustrated. And I have to wonder, is that just like, if, is it a preemptive, is it a preemptive if Joe Burrow's performance drops this year? Yeah, yeah, the SI cover jinx is real. Otherwise, it, it, I, I, I don't know that I believe in it. Like, is it just a convenient excuse if things go poorly? I think it is that, but I also think that there was a very large portion of American sporting history when it was deemed to be real. I would guess that there's a website out there to which you could probably go or there's a way to get to the web and and, and get some real concrete examples of what's deemed to be the SI cover jinx. I didn't choose to do that during the breaks. I could have done that during the show today because there were examples from boxers to horses to you name it. I just feel like now we are such a football-crazed society that that's the only place we're really going to focus on the possibility of the SI cover jinx <laughs> is our NFL guys and, and what can happen. I've said before earlier today, I, I think Joe Burrow is going to be in the MVP conversation for the league. I think he's going to be spectacular all year, and I will be one of the first guys to, that if he does end up having a subpar year or if, God forbid, he is injured, I will say, see, SI got him. I don't believe in it, it, but I'll say it happened. I will. I will do that. There's no because it's easier than actually trying to figure out what happened. And you aren't going to get Zach Taylor to tell you why things aren't good, <laughs> or anybody else in the Bengals no. organization. So maybe they'll be the ones blaming SI. I, 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 I'm telling you, when I was young enough that you weren't born yet, <laughs> and for a significant period of time, from oh, I would say my early teens through my late teens, the SI cover jinx was a was an absolute monster. It was legitimate. There, tell Dave that's the SI cover jinx is the monster here. Cooking. <laughs> he worked days on my Carbon monoxide poisoning. Dave was trying to determine because he just wouldn't let it be one of us. It, no. wouldn't, it couldn't be a person who was no. the monster. So what was it? We're going to tell him the SI cover jinx used to be the monster, and it really was. It was considered to be real. Um, that was for people who were not even a little stitious. <laughs> Let alone the superstitious people. Like so, so there's a Wikipedia page for the SI coverings with examples. Yes, that's what I was. I'm telling and you. I, like, God bless Wikipedia. Some of them are just like September 4th, 2017. Tom Brady was featured on the cover promoting the NFL season, only to lose to the Chiefs 42-27 in Week One. Is that a cover jinx? Like they lost Boy, the football a football game. That's a reach. <laughs> now, now I think the next one is. But it was the Chiefs back then. <laughs> says September 4th, 2017. Three FL, three NFL players featured on the covers. Aaron Rodgers, J.J. Watt, and David Johnson all had their seasons ended early by various injuries. Like, See, that, that was the thing. Right, that's that was, thing. Yeah, that, and that was what it the, used to be. The Los Angeles Rams were featured on the cover in 2019 after winning the NFC Championship, and they lost the Super Bowl 13-3. to Okay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's no, not, that's... That's not a cover, Jinx, I don't not. think. You need to get back into, like, the late 70s through the mid-80s. That's when it was I'll, really, uh, like, a big deal. 
That was, I mean, I, if I remember right, that's when it felt like it was a monstrously big deal. And I love Sports Illustrated and okay. got it every week. That's a, like June 26, 1978. Andy North appears on the cover after winning the 1978 U.S. Open. He would not win another PGA Tour event for seven years. <laughs> yeah, see, that, <laughs> that feels like that's what I remember. Pete Rose appeared on the cover the same week his 44-game history candidate. That could that's be something. The, yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing I remember being reminded of very, very frequently. And I remember professional athletes who would be unhappy about being on the cover and be open about it, that they didn't want to be there. I felt sorry for them. <laughs> but I remember guys being that way and ladies being that like, way. Uh uh, 1976, Ken Norton appeared on the cover just prior to his Whack. third fight with Muhammad <laughs> Ali and lost a highly disputed decision. Told you. The next time Ken Norton appeared on the Sports Illustrated cover, it was before his title defense against Larry Holm, who beat him by a single point. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a maybe that's a cover jinx. I yes, I, I'm telling you, that's that was the wheelhouse of the SI cover jinx, but that was also the heyday of SI. And gradually now very i think non-gradually the si presence in our culture has kind of disappeared so most yeah. people who are in their early 30s would not even acknowledge that the si coverage inks is something they had an awareness of there's, i would assume there's there's two more that i think are really great uh one is july 30th 1984 pittsburgh steeler linebacker jack lambert appeared on the cover with an interview with the headline the man of steel he missed most of the 1984 season with a turf toe injury and retired the turf toe i i cried I turf toe. I kept thinking to myself, "This is Jack Lambert. It's it's toe. Turf toe. It's just." But it, it was it was it. He was done. And then the next one is in June June twentieth, nineteen eighty eight. Michael Spinks appeared on the cover before his fight with Mike Tyson <laughs> with the quote, "Don't count me out." Tyson knocked him out and into retirement in ninety one seconds. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that might be that might be a jinx. Uh, that yeah, might that, be a jinx. That, that could be. Are you? Did you? Have you ever seen that fight? No. There are, I think, two examples in my lifetime of when I watched a human climb into a boxing ring scared enough I was afraid he was going to pee himself <laughs> that night Michael Spinks in, from what I could see was as scared about what was about like to take palpably, place like he you know, knew. visibly he, the look on his face I like mean, they should not have seconds, somebody like. should have made sure that he had his back to the camera until that fight started because I don't know that I would have said yes it's going to take 91 seconds but I had no thought that he was going to see round 3 4 or 5 <laughs> no no chance and when that started he took those little kind of shuffle steps toward the center of the ring and he <laughs> he did he, he I, I gotta do this don't i that was kind of how it looked there's, like, no, there's second, no way out that second ding means i gotta go <laughs> like it, it was and i felt bad for and michael spinks was successful fairly so up to that point and all he's remembered for is that now i don't know how many people say yep the si cover got him because, because it was, Mike Tyson it, it was so devastating. That, and the SI cover jinx can now probably be applied to Tyson. It just took 18 covers <laughs> for, for, for Tyson to feel the jinx. So uh, I pulled it up on YouTube. The, the video I'm watching is 7 minutes and 51 seconds. And um, 31 seconds in. And uh, Michael Spinks sort of has that aura of... Mom just shouted, <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> When she walked through the hallway and there was my drawing on the wall. <laughs> like, body language. Like, uh, I'm telling you. There's I, a lot of people here and they, they sure... And Mike Tyson is like, let's do this. I'm going to steal for you. Tyson was a... He was a caged monster at that point. I mean, that that's the, the point in his career when he was 
very clearly the baddest man on the planet. But I've said this about Mike Tyson before, not to take too far of a segue here. I just wish Mike Tyson could have been in his prime when there was legit heavyweight fighters. Like real, right. like Larry Holmes, oh, Ken Norton. It was at Trump Plaza. There's a uh, very There's fully the, haired, fully the headed hair of the Donald. There, he's excited. Is he is he fully orange or is he? Just oh no, it's shading no, it's, toward orange. No, it's no him, not his no, hair. No, him. I know he he's, he looks like a uh, normal, person, normal human being. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, after skipping ahead here, uh, they're trying to cover Michael Spinks's face with a belt, a title belt. <laughs> Generally, probably not a great sign. Yeah, he's not. He's, he's not real terrified. thrilled here. No, terrified. Absolutely. I mean, not great radio. You guys can't see this, but do, <laughs> do yourself a favor and go Google it, YouTube it. And if you haven't seen Michael Spinks get knocked out by Mike Tyson in ninety-one seconds, and seen all of the spectacle that can happen in ninety-one seconds, you really do owe it to yourself. Because I'm telling you, Michael Spinks was a terrified human at that point. Great mustache, though. You could say that a lot in 1988, though. Yeah, it, in 88, see, that was that see, was something you could do. It, my like entire lifetime until Top Gun Maverick came out last week, no, nobody had just flat out mustache. Uh, you were a cop if you just if you just had a mustache. <laughs> you were a cop. You were strictly a cop. <laughs> there was no other profession. No probably other. Probably fair. Probably fair. Is he has he been knocked out yet? No. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the official. <laughs> just hugged Mike Tyson for about 45 seconds and I think said something along the lines of look at that man take it easy on him okay don't kill a man in my ring look and if it feels like I need to step in move I'll step in <laughs> here, here, here we're, we're gonna play it Boxing. Michael Spinks on the other hand dressed in his uh, white trunks with the black trim the white shoes and we're just about ready to go the opening bell Let's turn your radios oh, up this oh, is good boy. oh boy oh boy this poor man. Tyson attacks immediately. Oh, he he too much is in and he's ducking. He's like, oh, again. God, no. This is round one. What just on the way? Spinks not able to hold him off so far with a jab. He tries to come back at him. But oh, Tyson boy. walks right through. He is not. Tyson that's not a man interested in boxing today. He's tied him up. Tied him up. Tied him up. Oh, they're breaking him up. And no, I did was piss Tyson off. He tied him up. Yeah, he's not. It's almost uncomfortable to watch because that guy is not interested in being in that boxing ring. Oh man, it's so it's so cringy. Wait till you see the glazed eyes. It's it's awesome. Oh man, they're not doing anything. Just kind of bear hugging each other now, tying him up again. That and Mike's got his head on his chest. Oh, he's about to send Spinks' oh, head straight back. It's Tyson all the way here. That's not. Oh, he's swinging hard. Holy. Oh, yeah. Mike not happy. Oh my gosh. Oh. Oh, you Mike sissy. Look at his eyes. The count is up to four. Look at Mike's five. eyes. And six. Oh, and gosh. Seven and eight. End it now. End it now. <laughs> Tell him you're done. Oh, 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 him. oh my Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. That's a hard right hook, Cookie. Yeah. That's a hard right. There's not a chance that Michael Spinks remembered where he was at the moment that no. they finished that count. Oh, uh, my that, goodness. To stop that fight. Not a chance. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 91 seconds. That is a, that's a punch, man. <laughs> it cost people a lot of money. People betting on Michael Spinks? No, people who paid the pay-per-view. Oh, okay. <laughs> they only got their 91 people seconds. People who paid the pay-per-view. Okay, I was like, wait a second. You're betting, on, you're betting against Mike Tyson? There was, there, there, was, there was some heavy odds there. I bet the action was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Call something like Brandon lying up. I'm like, well, uh, uh, 
I, I like Michael Spinks a lot in that fight. So, so now you have a different feel for the SI cover jinx now that you've seen that? Ooh, after, <laughs> after I saw that performance, I mean, that's a grown man fighting a baby. Yep. My yep. And, that, and that was a guy with a belt. <laughs> with a belt. It's one, like, it's, oh my gosh. Just keep going back and watching it, and then there he is, like, staring at it. I realize that it's his mouthpiece that makes him look like he's smiling. He ain't smiling. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's just looking no. straight at the ceiling going, that ain't good. <laughs> he wasn't about to make eye contact with his opponent, I can My tell you that. Gosh. No, sir. My we got to do another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout so we can come back and talk about more Deshaun Watson. Yes, sir. We got to. Like, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a, like a part of a daily. You brush your teeth, we talk to Deshaun Watson. That's just the way it goes. Join us for that conversation on the other side of this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. Cooking the Monster. 93 won the fan. Welcome back inside the basement. Doc on Lima Sports Radio, 93 won the fan. I'm John Cook. My co-host is Garrett Seawright. Together, we're cooking the monster. We appreciate you joining us. One of our poll questions by Vons Diamonds and Jewelry on Twitter today is, can anything that Deshaun Watson or his accusers say, can they say anything to change your mind or change someone's mind? I, I think it's a good question. I like that we uh, are building a segment around it because... I think in any controversial situation, be it political, be it sports-related, uh, entertainment-related, any controversial situation, once the kind of the, the stakes have been claimed, so to speak, it's always about who's going to backtrack first. Yeah, I don't care what it, what 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 realm I just mentioned. You might be talking about who's I mean, when, when Will Smith smacked the piss out of Chris Rock. out of Chris Rock. Somebody was going to backtrack. Was probably going to be Will, yeah. but it was either, there was the there was the possibility you might get Chris Rock to say hey 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 my bad I was out of bounds, but we were waiting on somebody to backtrack. I don't know that I've ever watched and, and I am related to people and I hear people all the time who everything that they say is the worst they've ever seen the greatest they've ever tasted the best they've ever mm-hmm. I, I I hesitate to say that but I don't know that I have ever seen a person in the mounting face of a challenge that he faced like like Deshaun Watson faces who are as steadfast in repeating that I've done nothing wrong at some point there will be a backtrack and I don't see any way that it will be anyone other than Deshaun Watson at this point and I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other about where it is I just don't think you're going to get 24, 22, 26 women any of them to suddenly say well nah I really it wasn't yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. Well, and that's I've said. Either, either it's 26 women who are now suing him are all lying and have fabricated a story to sound similar to one another, or Deshaun Watson is a psychopath. I I try to live in a lot of gray area. Based on what he's done here, it would, it would be more of a sociopath based well, on how we've seen him behave at this point. It, it's, it, it, I try to, I'm, I'm the, the president of the it can be both generally fan club. Yeah, like, yes, I would say that's I, fair. I don't, think, I don't think that that's an option here. I don't, it, it's either Deshaun Watson has been the subject of the most heinous conspiracy to ever take down a professional athlete. Or he's a very troubled man. And I don't know that there's much in between. Because if you're going to continue to protest your innocence and say, not that 
he hasn't even went to it was all consensual. It has been I did nothing wrong. Now you admit that a massage therapist left a session with you crying, but you've done nothing wrong. Either you really truly did nothing wrong and it's all been a misunderstanding or you're some sort of some sort of emotional terrorist. Unfortunately, this is the society in which we live, and I say that unfortunately because I think at the at the root and the core of, of American values, innocent until proven guilty is about as foundational as you get. Yeah. I would venture to say that there are very few, if any, maybe no Americans would be a, a slightly extreme statement, but I would say almost no Americans who have an awareness of this situation who aren't staunchly in one camp or the other. There, yeah, there, there, yeah. there are very few to know people who are saying, I haven't really made my mind up yet how I feel about there, this. There is no Ken Bone of the, <laughs> of the Deshaun Watson saga. And, and, and I, I've got to be honest with you. I've tried to keep myself in that camp, and it's just been hard. Right here on these airwaves, I have spoken in such a way that would indicate that I believe the man's guilty. I, I wish that I hadn't done that, and I don't, I don't want to feel that way. I'm not hearing very many public statements from anyone who reports on, analyzes, or discusses sports in general, or this issue specifically, where someone has said, he's innocent, I'm certain that he is. I've not heard any of that. I, I haven't heard that from him or his lawyers. When, when your, your chief defense is, their lawyer's a crook. Well, that's not a very good defense. Why should I believe you instead of 22 women? Well, because their lawyer was looking to be famous. But at the same time, okay. the, the issue with me for that is, say what you will, I mean, Rusty Harden has a remarkable track record. So whatever strategy it is that he decides on using to represent his client, and, and in this case defend his client, you would assume that he's he's got a... He, he, he's taking an approach that he believes in, and he believes in it based on lots and lots and lots of experience. And, and, and he probably is, and yet my rebuttal to that would be, if that's the best course of action you've got, you don't have much defense. Unless you can say... We used to say the same thing about Johnny Cochran, though. Well, and that, uh, that's my... <laughs> and he won a pretty big one. And I was going to say, the their lawyer's a crook is the 2022 version of the, if the glove doesn't fit, you must quit. No, that's not really... Like, you can sow as much doubt as you'd like what about the lawyer. What say At some you to point, you got, you've got to defend yourself against 26 women who are going to tell virtually the same story. What say you to this? What say you to the, the statement that could be made that, I don't know, what did the number, in, when it initially was, when this whole thing started, was the number 22 initially? I was going to say, I think for the majority of the time, it was 22. So what say you to the notion that someone might offer that if there were 22, X percentage of those were kind of coaxed into this as there's a strength in numbers approach? And I, can, if, I can wholeheartedly believe that. And, and then now you've got a, a bit of a quote-unquote piling on situation where now you've got four additional who, who maybe didn't have to be coaxed. They now just looked and said, well, wait a minute. This is looking pretty good. I think I want to get in on this too. And, and the notion being that because Deshaun Watson has said there were sexual encounters, right? Yeah. yeah. And that they weren't 
they, that they were consensual, and that he he's done nothing wrong. Again, as challenging it is as it is for me to consider all of the dynamics that might lead people to do the things we're watching, it's it's for me it's just not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, I, I, you would be ignorant to think that that's not an option. That somebody in the twenty six is lying. It would be short-sighted and it would be disingenuous to say that that's not a possibility. It certainly is. No question. In fact, I, I, would, I would go so far as to say it's, it, it, it's, it's not almost just a, it's almost a certainty. I would say it's, it's, it's relatively likely. Yes. Now, at the same time, Deshaun Watson can't say, now that one's lying. That, she's really lying. <laughs> Like that—that that can't be your like. I didn't even get a massage I from don't her. Know who you are? Yeah, like I've never met her. Now the twenty-five others. How you been? <laughs> like, I, I, I would, I would. It's, it's, it sounds offensive to say, but I would guess it's almost a certainty that one of the twenty-six women is lying, or at minimum exaggerating something like that. If twenty, if twenty-three of them are lying. It's still in twenty three are lying and three of them are telling the truth. It's still a problem, and that's the biggest issue. But the question initially was: can can they say anything that would change your mind? If Deshaun Watson were so brazen as to say, "We've got to go through what we've got to go through to resolve this," but I'm telling you, those three right there, I've never met them, and they are absolutely lying. Somebody's going to take that and run with it. Yes. And if that gets proven to be the case, did did he say now has something? He's got Could his, he? That would change your mind, right? A little the, bit. The ball would be moving in that, in that court, certainly. So it really, he'll never do it. But as far as opening the door to the possibility of changing someone's mind, he wouldn't have to say anything if ridiculously he could prove, I've never even I've never even met those two, or whatever. Right. It would cast a lot of doubt. Uh, a, a ridiculous amount of doubt. I would go as far as to say. And we've already heard from the massage therapists who have have publicly declared that that, that nothing inappropriate happened yeah. when they were working with him the accusers then what what could they say that would change your mind there's no there's no avenue to that that's a positive for anybody no. i mean all somebody's going to have to admit that they lied we're not going to have that as a possibility right. in any way i don't think and i and i think even if you even if the lawyer knows or any of the women know like hey you're lying You've got to like you got to hush that up or sweep that under the rug because it's it's going to tip one way or another. I don't th- I don't know that there's a way to for any of the twenty six to prove what they're saying beyond a shadow of a doubt that makes everyone who would be in Deshaun Watson's camp go. Ooh, ooh, God, that's not good. Well, but it, but it, but it's possible that somebody can prove one of the twenty six is lying, and that's a that's a much bigger problem. Because if you can, if if he can prove one of them is lying, just one of them, there's enough sway in that one person being proven a liar that would cast enough doubt for other people who may be slightly one side in, on the the aisle or the other to go. Maybe maybe I got this wrong. Maybe this is the 2022 version of the Duke lacrosse case. Well, and, and it's funny because we've not used that. We've not called out that situation, but I think it, it, it's certainly warranted here. The, the, the issue then becomes what we've said before. If you get 
if, if, if one of them comes under question or two of them come under question, then it's about how good your lawyer is. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's that's really that's, what yeah. really where thing, and that's why Rusty Harden is is the guy that, that they've settled on, obviously for sure. I, it's almost obligatory at this point when we have this conversation. Changing your mind on 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 when when we might get to a resolution of some sort. I I think it would be easy to call it the coward's way out, but I think the NFL just goes. You're you're put on paid leave until we conclude our investigation. And then when somebody says, when is your investigation going to be close to being concluded, they will hammer a, our investigation is ongoing. Because you can't, you can't take the risk that he's out there playing and playing well in the face of your league. Well, he, and, and also and somebody finally does have undeniable proof. He's not been indicted criminally, but the civil issue... I mean, this could... There's no way to see an end to this. No. If he says he said, he's he, not settling and he's... He said today he explored settling when he was with the Texans, but now that he's moved on to a different team, he's not. He's no longer interested in exploring a settlement, which I'm not certain why that would be. But also, at the same time, the detective who, um, who investigated the criminal complaints when they came in testified that she was all but certain that crimes had been committed and she didn't understand why the district attorney didn't pursue charges farther. What, what, what happens... This may be completely out of bounds. But I'm just going, what happens if... Or is it possible, I guess I should say, that the league might say to Deshaun Watson, we'd like to put this behind us and the sooner you settle, the sooner we can do that. I think that's a great opportunity for everybody, except maybe not the women. I mean, can the league but, actually do that? I guess is what I'm saying. Or is it? Does it automatic death for the league if that happens? You got to back. You got to back. Hush, hush, that. And then Rusty Harden says, "They just told us to settle so that they could make their decision about his future, and we're not settling because we're not guilty." Yeah, you got to hush, hush that. You got to <laughs> back channel, back door. There can never be any proof that that conversation happened, and it might have to come from you know, like maybe. Roger Goodell's housekeeper is also and just happens to be in Cleveland or Houston to clean Rusty Harden's house or does, Watson's does, house. Does to, the league get to say you 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 can take the course of action you're taking, and if you lose these civil suits, you aren't playing until they're resolved, and then when they're resolved and you lose, you're not playing again in the NFL, or you can settle and we can talk about a six to eight game suspension. I don't. You can't afford to say that, but they they should strongly consider <laughs> saying that. Oh, it'll it'll continue to be content until it's not anymore, and who knows when that might be. we got to get to another Dungeon Kids Jeweler timeout so we can come back and do some poll results and the ever-popular water cooler. Join us for all that after this on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Back here inside the Basement Doctor Studio for a final time on this Tuesday, and we got to get to our Vons, Diamonds, and Jewelry Twitter poll results for today. We had two questions up. We asked, can either Deshaun Watson or his accusers say anything to change your mind at this point? 74% say no. We also asked, do you believe in Sports Illustrated covers, Jinx? 56% say no, they do not. Garrett's a recent convert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am. Thank you, Michael Spinks. See one right hook to Michael Spinks' face. <laughs> yep, that'll do it. Yep, he got jinxed for sure. Yep. Water cooler today? Uh, Stanley Cup final begins tomorrow night. It'll be the first time since 1980 a player that, that, that did not feature 
a player who played the ho- played the game of hockey with Yarmir Yager. <laughs> Yarmir Yager or one of his teammates played in the Stanley Cup final from 1980 to 2021. That is a hell of a run. That is spectacular. Please go to the water cooler tomorrow and share that information. How about Zach Collier, the 27-year-old yeah. U.S. history teacher from Dallas-Fort Worth, who's an A&M alumnus and apparently at the Women's College World Series gave the horns down gesture. The NCAA got a hold of it, and the College World Series has said that you were supposed to sing the anthem at the Men's College World Series. Now you don't get to. That was an offensive gesture to some, I guess. I'm frustrated by that. That, that, That's annoying to me. The guy's a teacher, and I think he should be allowed to sing the anthem so that his students can see him sing. But uh, there's no ambiguity. He tweeted the emails he got and everything. (laughs) There there were pictures. Oh. Oh, well. Bad day for Zach Collier, but even worse day for the NCAA. Imagine that. John Cook and Garrett Seawright, thank you for joining us today. Back again tomorrow. I may not be here tomorrow. Busy day supposed to be happening, but Garrett will be here. And enjoy the rest of your sports evening right here on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan.